got to expect it to happen. Amen. Glory to God. You've got to look at everything with expectation, believing, and trusting God. Amen. That is the only way. I was reading um, some scriptures earlier, and uh, <laughs> I found a place uh, uh, there in the Word of God where uh, God was talking to the nation of Israel, and um, he said that the he said, the thing that you fear is what I'm going to allow to come upon you. And wow, that just kind of just smacked me right there to let us let us know, you know, how dangerous it is to, to fear. And then that brought me right to uh, what Job said. Now, we all know about Job and what he went through. And if you've ever read all the way through the book of Job, I know it may be a difficult book to read sometime, but if you read, take the time to read through there, there was a place in there where Job said, the thing that I feared has come upon me. Folks, we don't need to, to walk in fear. We don't need to walk in doubt. There's a lot of people, they expect the worst thing out of every situation. And if that's what you expect, that's what you're going to receive and get. Hallelujah. We need to live by faith and walk by faith, trusting that God, amen, is going to be there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house today. We know we got uh, a lot of folks that are out, and we do miss them uh, for sure. And um, I uh, definitely uh, miss Sister Darlene. And, but. Um, she gave us a uh, really scare the other day, uh, and um, I mean, she was 
about as sick as I've seen her in a long, long time. And something just, I don't know, I had this feeling, impression that I needed, to, after she had a really bad coughing spell, and I, <coughs> I thought, uh, I need to check her oxygen level. And I checked her oxygen level, and it was in the 70s. Um, and uh, so I called her main doctor and said, so you, that's the, the reaction, she said, you kidding me? He said, you need to get her to the to the hospital right now because they need, need to put her on oxygen if it's that low. Uh, and, um, of course, I think a lot, most people know now it turned out to be she's got uh, that pneumonia in the right lung. And I'm thankful God is uh, bringing her along. She, she rested better last night than she's had since she's had it uh, and uh, didn't disturb me and coughed many last night, so she is getting better, and we thank God for that, and just continue to pray for her, and we pray for everyone else that uh, <coughs> that is out. Looking at um, our bulletin, of course, first of all, the day's the first Sunday in, in June, and that means what? Mission Sunday, amen. So we will be taking up extra for our mission fields today. Uh, don't forget that. Um, as you uh, 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 get ready to give in a little in a little bit, uh, there was planning a uh, a youth outing after service today, and because of uh, some not being here, and then some other things going on, uh, they told me that's going to be postponed, and um, and they will pick another date, a different time for that. So there will not be a youth outing. Um, this afternoon. The ABFC Senior Youth Camp is going to be next week. Be in prayer about that. Pray for all the um, people and the young people that will be headed to Hot Springs from uh, different states and places that they'll have a safe journey and have a good time while they, uh, they are there. And so uh, remember uh, that. Amen. Uh, this coming Wednesday night is our monthly prayer time. The per, it'll be the first Wednesday night. And uh, please uh, uh, take the time to come and join us in our corporate prayer. Um, as we join together, Brother um, uh, Brother Kyle is going to be doing the devotion for us that night. So we will be here, and um, that usually runs from around 7 o'clock to around 8 o'clock. So remember our, our prayer time this Wednesday uh, night. Also this month, uh, our homecoming, and it's going to be the 75th homecoming, praise the Lord. Let's just give God a hand clap about that. I kind of I kind of like it that uh, uh, our congregation started and our anniversary can coincides with Israel. It's been 75 years since Israel. Amen. And if anybody says, well, how can we believe the Bible? You know, that was the greatest prophecy in 2,000 years that's come, come to pass. Many places in the Bible that God uh, said that he would bring them back to their homeland and reestablish them, and that happened in 1948. But uh, we're going to be having our, our 75th homecoming anniversary. Uh, we got Brother Nathan Young that's going to be ministering uh, in word and song uh, in the afternoon. Uh, so um, right now is a good time if you um, 
think about somebody who uh, used to come and was a part of our family down through the years. Maybe they moved and they're um, going somewhere. So just let them know uh, and um, and give them an invite to come to our, our, our homecoming because we are excited uh, about that. <coughs> Father's Day will be this month on the 18th. Um, and um, on the 17th, Saturday, before that, um, we're going to have another uh, men's fellowship breakfast. And um, <coughs> we got plans, excuse me. <coughs> the sinus deal is still causing me problems. Uh, but um, we're going to have a men's fellowship breakfast. We got it set up. We tried to get a place situated in between where, where everybody has to drive from, but we're going to be having this at Denny's uh, there in the Opry Mills area, and uh, we need to know how many uh, wants to come. There is a sign-up sheet uh, on the uh, welcome desk, and so for all the men who wants to take part in that fellowship breakfast, the last one we had was really good, and uh, no, we'll be doing that again this year, and um, please um, sign that um, sign-up sheet to let us know um, so we know how to plan for on that. Also, this being the first Sunday of the new quarter, this is the summer quarter, uh, the new issue of uh, the, the Shepherd's Voice that got it, got it out um, and finished up this morning. Would you like to pick up a copy of that? You've been getting those each quarter as, since we started doing that. Uh, there's some laying on the welcome desk as well. And so um, pick up one and take it with you as you're leaving uh, this afternoon. And I think that's all the announcements. All right, we're going to get our, into our devotion right now. I've chosen passages of Scripture out of the book of Psalms, chapter 3. And we're going to read beginning at verse 3 throughout the rest of the chapter. And this is what it reads like. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I wait for the Lord to sustain me. I will not be afraid when ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Verse 8 says, Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Salah. I love this passage of Scripture right here. It's always been um, one that I turn to and read um, a whole lot because it lets us know about the relationship that God wants to have with all his people. Amen. And he started out by saying, O Lord, you are a shield for me. 
I w- if I was you, I wouldn't even go out in the world and go around unless I was sure I had a shield protecting me. Amen. Because the devil is running crazy nowadays. I mean, it, it's just unreal. And uh, 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 shootings and murderings and um, everything that's happening going on. But God is a shield for us, church. Amen. He protects us in times that we don't even realize it. Amen. I know that there were times in my life that God protected me that I didn't realize it. God, you're my shield. But then also, there's a lot of things that happen in life that cause us just to drop our head down. We get uh, 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 depressed and discouraged. But he said, you're not only a shield for my Lord, you're the lifter up of my head. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. How in the world can we be sad? How in the world can we uh, uh, think about, you know, like, like somebody, I seen a t-shirt one time that says, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Amen. That ought to be all of our motto. Amen. Our motto. Hallelujah. Amen. He is the lifter up our head. I lay down and I slept. I don't have to uh, go to sleep with one eye open to worry about what's going to happen. <clears throat> Come on, somebody. Amen. I can lay down and go to sleep and close my eyes knowing it's kind of like I said uh, one time years, years ago, there were, there were some things that was bothering me, and it was, uh, you know, it was just kind of eating at me, and I was concerned about it. And finally, this thought come to my mind. And when I knelt down beside the bed, before, as, I, as I always do before I go to sleep, uh, sleep at night, I said, Lord, I know there's some anxiety right now in my mind and my thinking about all of this. I said, Lord, there's, uh, I know you're going to be up all night anyway, and there's no need for both of us to be up all night. Hallelujah. That's what my prayer was. Hallelujah. I went to sleep, slept like a baby. Hallelujah. And that's what uh, David said here. I laid me down and I slept because it was the Lord that sustained me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Believe that. Trust in that. I sure hope and pray that everybody's still. If you if you uh, if you don't, shame on you. But that uh, those cards that I passed out back uh, some time ago about the seven morning confessions. You know, you should quote them every morning. Confess it enough to where you don't need the card to read off of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, uh, and walk in that and believe in that, and you can have this relationship that God has told here that David was talking about. And let's give him praise and honor as we worship him today. Glory to his name.
involved in there. But they haven't seen what you <laughs> can do.
Let the devil know you believe the Lord today. Come on.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Lord, my Lord. Thank you for your presence here, Lord. Hallelujah. We believe. We receive it and we accept it in your holy mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Nothing is impossible with God. In fact, the word says all things are possible with him. It would just believe. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Praise you, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Nothing's impossible. No chain is unbreakable. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. It's there. It's available. Don't live below your standards in God, church. Realize who you are in Christ Jesus, and we believe it and claim it. Amen. We shall receive that. Hallelujah. Let's give God another hand clap of praise. Glory to God, glory to God, hallelujah, amen, I'm feeling stirred in the spirit, but it's not my preaching time, so I guess I better keep quiet, hallelujah, we'll go ahead, worship God in our giving right now, and um, we there are several different ways that this can be done, uh, those of you that are not here today, you can give through the app, if you've downloaded that app, or if you step out to the uh, uh, welcome desk there and give that way and, or even um, Christ Family Church Nashville.org and hit uh, the give button there and remember this is missions and we will be sending out missions uh, uh, I'm getting already all kinds of really good reports um, out of Franklin, Kentucky uh, and um, people are being helped and blessed and delivered uh, through the new program that we are helping them and be in prayer, amen, for Cross Point Church, especially Brother and Sister uh, Kerr that is overseeing that, uh, amen, because that is a definite great work and needed, amen, and that's uh, part of our home mission giving. Uh, we believe that missions goes just not just overseas, but there's a lot of mission works here, hallelujah. And um, that is one of them. And so be in prayer and pray for all of those that we support. Uh, uh, be given to various groups and different ones and missionaries. And let's remember them in prayer. Keep them uh, in your prayer. Hallelujah. We're going to ask God's blessing upon the offering this time. Father God, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you uh, for the privilege we have to give. It's a blessing to give. It's part of our worship, God. We, we have worshipped you with our voice and with our hands. But now, Lord, we're going to worship you with our giving because you have blessed us so much. Hallelujah. And we know we can't outgive you, God. And, God, the gifts that we, that we give are seeds that we sow that will come up and sprout and be blessings in our lives later on. So bless this offering today. Bless the gift and the giver. In the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus, let the church say, Amen. God bless you as you give.
Well, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me with my All the time, give him a hand clap. Praise his holy name. Glory to the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody would like to stand and give a testimony right now? God has uh, worked in your life some kind of way, or maybe you just want to thank him for letting you wake up this morning. Amen. And putting the, lung, uh, the, uh, the air in your lungs. Anybody want to stand and testify today? Yes, yes. That's right.
Praise God. Yes. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That right there is what this is all about. Some people think I go to church to serve God. No, you come to church to worship. You leave to serve. Amen. You come to worship, but you we have to take this thing outside the four walls. That's where the hurting's at. That's where the downcast is at. Amen. And the prayer that you pray, Lord, um, send me to somebody that needs you today, whatever. 
You ought to do that. I, I talked about those seven um, declarations a while ago. One of them is, it says, I will be salt and light in my world. Hallelujah. There's a world of people out there will never see Jesus unless they see him through you. And it doesn't matter where they're at. If somebody needs prayer, if it's in the middle of Walmart, if it's on a street corner, somebody needs prayer and the Lord quickens your heart, don't be ashamed. Get up. Hallelujah. Praise God. I appreciate that testimony. Hallelujah. Glory. I will be salt and light in my world. We've got to. We've got to. Work this thing, church. We got to move in it. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to testify God's done something in your life or used you some kind of way? This this is your opportunity before we move on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Nobody else. All right. Hallelujah. I'm gonna call. We're gonna have some special singing right now. And um I'm gonna ask the Jaylee and Jerry and who else? Who all sing with? They're going to come and do a song right now. Let's just continue to worship the Lord as they sing.
shake off these heavy chains and wipe away every stain i'm not who i used to be no god i'm not who i used to be jesus i'm not who i used to be i am You know, we all time talk about the power of God to heal somebody or other miracles and signs that, that are in the Bible. But I still contend with you today that the greatest miracle that Jesus has ever performed is a changed life. That is, that is, I guess, the greatest blessing that has been that I've seen down through the years the Lord has allowed me to be in the ministry. I have personally witnessed hundreds and hundreds of people whose lives miraculously was changed by the grace and the power of God. Old rough sinners bound by all kind of things. When the blood of Jesus flows over your heart and soul, and he breathes his sweet spirit on you. You're never the same. Never the same. Hallelujah. That's one thing. That's one thing that I always differ uh, with uh, uh, AA, you know, because they, they tell you so, well, you know, if you're once an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. Not if Jesus gets a hold of you. Not if Jesus gets a hold of you. I think about my my brother who backslid, got out of church. He was out of church for um, forty years, and I mean he he drank heavily by vodka, by the gallon jugs, keep a cooler <coughs> in his truck trunk well, so he could keep his orange juice cold and mix it. I never saw him a time, I don't believe, in that 40-year period that he didn't have that in his hand drinking on it. But praise God, before he left here and God carried him home, he was redeemed. The heavy chains came off of him. He was delivered when he got back home at that first church service, went in the house and got a gallon jug of his vodka and set it there by his easy chair. And his wife says, what are you doing that for? He says, because I'm going to prove to the devil that God's done something for me and that jug don't have no hold on me no longer. And from that day, he sat there, then about a month, finally one day, he, he told his wife, he says, I believe I, through the grace of God, I pulled, proved my point 
He picked it up and went and took it and dumped it over in the kitchen sink, threw the jug away. And for the next five or six years, ever how long he lived after that, he never desired, never had a longing. God took it from him. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, if God does it for one, he can do it for all. And there's no excuse for anybody that's got some kind of habit in their life can't be made free by the blood of Jesus if they will yield to him. Because I know the power of the Lord is, is greater than that. See, what it is, you've got to want it. If you don't want it, you're not going to get it. Hallelujah. You've got to want it. Well, we're going to, we're going to greet one another and change all the service right now and dismiss our uh, uh Children for Children's Church. Let's all stand together. Well, it feels so good just being here again. It feels so good feeling what I feel again. There's just nothing I like than God's people getting together feels so good being here again it feels so good just being here again it feels so good what I feel again there's just nothing Getting together feels so good Just being here again It feels so good Just being here again It feels so good Feeling what I feel again There's just nothing so good being here again All right, let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise while you make your way back to your seats, please. We're going to turn the service over to um, to the Lord and Ronnie right now. Let's just get ready to receive the Word of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everyone.
Good to see everybody this afternoon. We surely miss those who aren't able to be with us today, but it's great to see those that are here. Hear a great testimony of Sister Tina, how the Lord worked mightily. Ain't it amazing what the Lord will do when we when we just seek Him? You know, we want to we want to shine His light, and I think I feel like that goes right in line with the message today. Uh, that testimony uh, as well. So it is just great to be in the house of the Lord this afternoon. Welcome those watching by live stream today. So thankful for you to tune in this afternoon. We want to turn our attentions to the Word of God. We're going to go to the book of 2 Corinthians. And we're going to uh, be in chapter 5. We're going to read two verses for opening text. 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to read 14 and 15 for our opening text today. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. And let's just read it one more time, verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and glory for this day. We thank you for your spirit that is with us today. We thank you for your guidance, your direction. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father, that dwells within us. And Lord, just use me as you see fit for this next moment of time to give your word to the people. Lord, that they may receive it with open ears and open heart. Lord, that we may take it with us. Lord, this day, and use it, Lord, for the goodness of your kingdom, for the furthest of your kingdom, for we know there are many in the world who need uh, to hear a good word, a good report about you, Father. They need to hear about your love, Father, today, and we just give you praise and glory for all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, let everyone say, amen. amen. You may can be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, a compelling love. A compelling love. Now, verse 14 said, For the love of Christ compels us. So, a compelling love. And the focus for this message today is for us to take stock in our lives, our spiritual walk with Christ Jesus. Where we are today. Where, where do we stand in our walk with Jesus Christ? Because, like, like I mentioned in the prayer, there is a world out there that needs to hear about the love of Jesus Christ. They need to hear it. But we currently live in a society that shuns trying to share the love of Christ. We live in a society that tries to silence any name of Jesus Christ. That for some, If you ever notice, you, you'll hear stories here and there that want to hush and quiet or silence the name of Jesus. But if it's of... Uh, 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 the prophet Muhammad of the Islam faith or they're praying to God Allah 
oh, that's praise, that's worship, that's, that's uh, open-hearted. They will receive that. They will give you time to do that. But if you mention the name of Jesus, you've got to quickly be quiet. You'll be shunned. You'll, you'll be called out for it. But Jesus, the love of Jesus has got to be shared with the lost and dying world. It's got to be shared. And it's up to us, the Christians, to, to do that. Like Sister Tina talked about in her testimony, it's the love of Jesus that overwhelmed and came, came upon you and this lady uh, that you, you were in that apartment with. It was His love. Hallelujah. The world needs to hear it. They need to feel that love. And I want us to really take stock in our life today. Where, where are we in our life? Have we truly walked away from our flesh and walk in our spirit and, and uh, redirect our lives to follow after Jesus because of His love? Or are we more concerned about ourselves and what we have going on day to day? Are we more concerned with ourselves or are we more concerned about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because I believe He's soon to, re to return. I believe He's coming again with a quickness like you, we, will, we don't believe, we don't understand. I believe He's coming again, so there's an urgency I feel. I feel an urgency to spread the love of Jesus today. Hallelujah, yes, hallelujah. Now, Compel, when you look up in a Strong's, in the King James, it's constraineth. But in the, the New King James, it, it reads compel. But when you look up in a Strong, and I know I won't get this right, even, even though I, pray, I listened to it, Senexico, and it's got that little, you know, kind of Hebrew twist to it that I know I can't, or Greek that I cannot get. But it means to compel, to urge, to action. To drive forward. It also means to hold together. To urge to action. The Passion Translation reads like this for 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion. Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly. What fuels your passions today? What are your passions today? You know, we have different desires and things that we enjoy doing, things that we want to do. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. We have, but there, there's something behind that, that that drives us for that. We There's goals that we set maybe. But Scripture says here, for it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly because we are convinced that He has given His life for all of us. This means all died with Him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for Him, the one who died for us and now lives again. To me, that is just some tight and right words this morning as this Passion Translation brings out that it's Christ's love that fuels our passion. It's His love that gives us that desire, that fuel, that motivation to speak of Him, to proclaim Him. Like, uh, like Sister Tina, you were saying that you were just getting all jump, kind of jumping dirty and you knew the Lord wanted you to move. You, you felt it. You, you, you sensed it. You knew you had to speak. You knew you had to pray. That You, you even said, I believe, that you could not leave. It, it just overwhelmed you. That's what I'm talking about today. We have got to get in a place in our spiritual walk that we feel like that when we 
go out in public, when we get out of these walls and we go serve in the kingdom of God, we've got to have that come over us that we will speak the name of Jesus to a lost and hurting world today. The world needs a, uh, the kingdom of God, a Christian to stand up and not be ashamed today, to not be afraid today, to speak the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to His name. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to the name of the Lord. We can't be shy and timid about it. Hallelujah. No matter if we're on our job or not, how many of us would have been in that situation might have said, I can't do this. What if I get in trouble for speaking out like this? Woo, that job is going to be gone, long gone by the time Jesus comes back. This world is going to be gone, but a soul could be saved because you're willing to speak out. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's His love that compels us. It's not our love. Hallelujah. It's not our love for Jesus that makes us be, to be good Christians. It's not our love. We, we cannot do that. We, we'll quickly give up. We don't have, we don't have that, that type of uh, desire and love within ourselves. It has to come from Jesus Christ. And we notice it when it comes upon us. It pushes us. It motivates us. We can't do this on ourselves. We can't live a life for Jesus with our love for Him. It's not our love for Him. It's His love for us. It's His love for us that drove Him to the cross. Hallelujah. His love for us that made Him go through all of those stripes that He went through. His love for us that caused Him to, to just stand there and take all the abuse and punishment and kicking and smacking and spitting upon Him. It's His love for you and me and for the world today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. It's His love that compels us. Thank you, Jesus. It's His love that gives us that desire, that continual push. So many Christians today, they need a continual push and shove to keep going. And it's not your love that's going to do it. It's His love. It's His love that's going to continue to push you. Hallelujah to keep you motivated, to keep you going forward. Hallelujah. It's kind of it's like, us. Uh, it makes me think of marriages. When a man and woman get married, I, I read statistics that show that half of the marriages that take place is, uh, is, ends up in divorce within the first eight years of marriage. Half, half of the marriages take place, end up in divorce in the first eight years. Why is that? They're, the love, is it not there? Is the head of the family not Jesus like it should be? It's something when you, th- when you think of that, that. There's that love that's there for each other. If Jesus is the head of the family... He's the head of, he's the, head of the household. It's going to make life so much easier and simple. When the man and the woman both fall in line, they put God first in their life. They love Jesus with all their heart. That's going, that's going to make it easier. That's going to put it. But sometimes that doesn't necessarily always happen. We went to a wedding last week. It was uh, Sister Rebecca and I think uh, the young man's name was Marshall, if I'm not mistaken. They had got married. And I'm so thankful for them. You can tell they are on the right path. They're going to church. They're putting Jesus first place. Hallelujah. And I know that the Lord has great things in store for them. Hallelujah. They will not be 
a part of the statistic that will be divorced within eight years because they put Jesus Christ first place in their life. And if you want your relationship to last today, if you want your marriage to last today, you've got to put Jesus Christ first place. Hallelujah. Because it's His love that pushes us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it will push you as a couple. I want to read from the NIV translation because it it talks about the unfailing love of God. And that's where I was going with, with the marriage thing. Our love, our natural love, for relationships, just are, they're failing. They will quickly fade away. You know, something happens, something transpires, they fade away. But God's love is unfailing. It'll never fade away. It'll never go away. He will always love you. I'm gonna just, I didn't give them these up top. I'm just going to read through several real quick, talking about God's unfailing love. Psalm 31 and 16 said, Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. Hallelujah. Have, has anyone ever felt like your foot has slipped? Like, like, you know, you just lost your place and his unfailing love supported you, held you up. Hallelujah. Got you back in line where you needed to be. That was Psalm ninety-four, eighteen. Psalm thirty-three, twenty-two. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. Psalm 33 and 5. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope in his unfailing love. That's Psalm 33, 18. These are all in the NIV version. Like I say, what a person desires is unfailing love. Proverbs nineteen twenty two. What a person desires is unfailing love. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Psalm 13, 5 and 6. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Psalm 143 and 8. I'll read this one. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go for to you I entrust my life. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. He has the unfailing love in our life today. We we need to look to Jesus for that. It's His love that compels us, that motivates us, that keeps us going. If we depend on ourselves and on our love for Him and we think we're doing it on our own, we will fall short every time. Like the one verse said, we will slip and we will find that we need Him to lift us back up. Hallelujah. It's His unfailing love. Hallelujah. I want to uh, go to Luke 19 and 8 verse. Zacchaeus was compelled to change drastically because of the love of Jesus. We remember the story of Zacchaeus as Jesus passed by. Zacchaeus was a small man of stature and he climbed a sycamore tree so that he could get an eye of Jesus so he could see him better. And as Jesus passed by, he says, Zacchaeus, come down for today. I must stay at your house. And so Zacchaeus makes haste, he comes down and goes with Jesus. Now, verse 8 that we're going to look at, it says here, Luke 19 and verse 8, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give all, I give half of my goods to the poor. Now, understand Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. 
He was not a liked man. He was a rich man, Scripture said, but he was not a liked man because he was a chief tax collector. He, he took more than what he was supposed to take. He was dishonest. So in verse 8, when he says Zacchaeus stood, Jesus had an effect on him. He said, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Zacchaeus had a change because of the love that he felt off of Jesus when he came in his house. What manner of conversation that they had, what they must have talked about that made this rich man, this disliked and hated man, to have a change like that, that he would be so willing to just give up half of his income to the poor right away and then to pay back fourfold what he said if he had taken anything dishonest from anybody to give that. Now, ain't that saying something today? That's what I'm talking about, the love of, of Jesus when it comes upon us that way that what we used to think was important is no longer important. It makes a change in us. It directs us a different way. Hallelujah. We no longer depend on what we did depend on. We no longer think, we no longer have to have what we think we needed to have. Hallelujah. We need Jesus. We need His love to direct us, to guide us, to see us through. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Zacchaeus was compelled to change. And that's what we're talking about today. The compelling love of Jesus Christ that will change you. That will that'll make you not worry about what you think you need for the future anymore. Zacchaeus was a rich man. I'm, no doubtly he thought he needed and felt he had to have all of that. That he was taken from dishonest means. That made him feel comfortable. That made him feel like that, that he had something in life. But he was willing to give it all away. That's how, that's how I feel like we is in the kingdom of God. We need, we need to be in our own life, in our own wall, part of our spiritual walk. We don't need to be so concerned about the earthly things and the monetary things and uh, wealth and setting up, you know, not that anything's wrong with setting up a retirement or having some savings in the, in, in the bank account, but I submit to us today, we need to know and understand that it all belongs to Jesus. It all belongs to him. He's just allowing us to use it. Like for, for the sake of Zacchaeus, he was going to give to the poor and pay back the, to those who he took it by dishonest means. If the Lord has blessed us today, we need to acknowledge that it's from him. It is for a reason. We need to bless others with what he has given us because it all belongs to him. Hallelujah. It all belongs to him. It's not ours. We all we, sometimes, and I've been guilty of this myself. I I, I work a job, and I'm thinking I, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. I've got. I used to run on the weekends back when I first started out because uh, runs were uh, when you're that far down on a totem pole, you didn't get much money through uh, Friday. And so they would have weekends, which they still have weekend sign-up sheets uh, for help to do it then. You're thinking, I got to do this. I got, I got to keep, you know, trying to run and make money. And I, and I understand sometimes you got to do some things to, uh, to make ends meet. But when we finally come to the place of understanding that it all belongs to the Lord, and if you give the Lord His part, if you help... Uh, the, Lord, the, to, the Lord to further the kingdom of God, He's always going to see to it that you're taken care of. You'll never be in need. You'll never be in want for anything when you put Him first place today. Hallelujah. I want to talk also about not only uh, the compelling love that motivates us, that moves us, that urges us to action. And we need to be 
more about that action today. Like we just talked about a moment ago, Sister Tina's testimony. I, it is my will and my desire and, and the oppression within my spirit that we in the kingdom of God will have a sense of urgency in this day and time to openly speak of Jesus and his love. Right now, the month of June is a secular world's pride month. It's, and we are going to see and hear of all the parades and all and all of the uh, the things that they do uh, promoting that, and it's all it's already a given that that's accepted. And if you don't believe in that, you're not allowed to speak out about it. You will be canceled, and you uh, this will happen to you, that will happen to you. But I submit to us today, we need to have a sense of urgency to no matter what that we may feel like may happen to us, we need to speak the name of Jesus. We need to share His love. Hallelujah. When a time comes, whether it be at work, at the store, family, friend, on Facebook, social media, when these things pop up, we do not need to have the mentality like a lot of Christians say is, well, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, but I'm a kind of a live and let live person. That's wrong and it's dangerous. And in, no Christian needs to be saying, live and let live. We need to proclaim Jesus. We need, we need to uh, openly and have that sense of urgency to say, you know what? The Bible does say that it, that it is wrong for a man, uh, the same-sex couples to be together. The Bible declares it's wrong. Jesus loves everybody, yes, but it is, it is wrong to be in that type of relationship. We don't need to be ashamed of that. We don't need to be shy of that. We need to share that. But too many, too many times in our day and time, and this month, we'll hear no telling how many stories about when people try to speak out, they're trying to be silenced. But will we be silenced? And I'm about to give a, a couple of stories about those who are unwilling to be silenced. We don't need to be silenced today. We need to speak out the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise His holy name. Apostle Paul was a man that had a passion to share the good news of God's grace. A passion that no one could cut off and silence. Nobody was, going to, nobody was going to cut off. Like he said, it was the love of Christ that compelled him to go on and do what he was doing. Hallelujah. He was going to go on no matter what. We look in Acts chapter 20, verse 22 through 24. Paul was speaking to the Ephesian elders when he said here, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Now hold on right there. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. How many of us, that would be all it takes? We're in church service somewhere. Prophecy comes forth of some sort, saying what's going to happen to you. I'm like, well, I believe I'll just take that detour. I believe I, I believe I won't go there. But not Apostle Paul. He had a passion. He had a motivation. He had a love in him that was compelling him to go on. Verse 24, he says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. All these things that Paul kept hearing about on his travel, trying to get to Jerusalem, wanted to be in Jerusalem by the day of Pentecost, 
kept hearing what was going to happen to him by the Jews in Jerusalem. He didn't let that move him. He didn't let that direct his thought. He still felt that love of Jesus motivating him forward, proclaiming the grace in God. Hallelujah. He kept letting that direct him, kept letting that, that be what moved him. Not the negative naysaying. He didn't let that move him. He let the, the love of Jesus compel and move him forward, thrust him forward, if you will. He had to go on. Hallelujah. Acts 21, 10 through 13. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound it on his hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when he, we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Verse 13, Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Wow. You talk about a passion and a motivation that Apostle Paul had. He, he wasn't no mediocre man. He wasn't, he wasn't somebody that, that was just ha haphazard and was going to do something halfway. He was doing it full throttle for Jesus Christ. He was not willing that he was going to, re to receive this and turn a different way. He said that I am willing not only to be bound but to die at Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. We have got to get in our heart and our place today in the kingdom of God that we will not be silenced. We will speak the name of Jesus because a soul as is at stake is at stake today. A soul is at stake today. Even if it's one soul that each of us in here helps, that one will lead to two or three or ten or fifteen. It'll, it will keep growing and growing and growing. We need to be more concerned about the kingdom of God and what His desire is in our life and motivated on a sense of urgency today, this compelling love to motivate us to speak the name of Jesus when we know someone is hurting, when we know someone is, is going in the wrong direction, when we know uh, something that people in our society, they're going after the ways of the devil. We need not be afraid or ashamed to speak up and tell them I know a man who can take you out of that I know a man who has loved you since before you were born I know a man that can heal you I know a man that will forget and forgive and forget every sin you have ever committed hallelujah that is what is important today nothing else in, the, in this world is important than that we can reach a soul for Jesus Christ that's what's important because eternity is forever. Maybe we don't have a sense of how long eternity is. Maybe we don't think about it near enough anymore, but we need to. The Lord Jesus Christ is soon to return. Hallelujah. I know, it, I know that He is soon to return. I hear so many stories from around the globe from different countries of things transpiring taking place. You hear different words and all you can ever come to is... My Lord, Jesus is soon to return. These are things that we that we hear taught about and preached about time and time again. We could stay here 
until the Lord returns. Talking about all of these things. Well, we as a church need to have a concern and, and a sense of urgency that the love of Jesus compels us to not stay silent anymore, to make a move. It's happening around the world. I want to give two examples uh, today. I want to talk first about a young man by the name, and I, I hope I pronounce his name, Hanafi. I believe that's not. He's from Niger. We have a, a picture of him that they can put up. This young man right here, he has a burning desire to evangelize Muslim. He, in fact, was a Muslim. And let me go to, I have, I want to, I don't want to miss out anything. As a young Muslim student, Hanafi often wore all white or occasionally all black clothing. He wore the two colors to signify his Islamic identity and devotion, blending in with other devout Muslim students. Today he wears vibrant clothing, as you can see in his picture, silicone wristbands and a large wooden cross around his neck. He's now 29 years old, admits he's trying to attract attention but for a higher purpose because this is a sign that he is a Christian and he's not in, in Muslim any, any longer. Now, he says, when you see me, you will know my identity. And if you're not a Christian, your heart will hopefully tell you something, and hopefully you'll talk to me. As a teenager, Hanafi studied the Quran in hopes of one day inheriting his father's position as the village imam. His father had sent him to neighboring Nigeria to further his Islamic studies for two years, and while there he had a dream about Jesus. Now, he had this dream about Jesus while he was away studying to be an imam, and if you don't know what that is in the, in the Muslim community, that's like a religious leader type. He, uh, different ones go to him for guidance and direction and uh, counsel. That's, that's what an imam is in the Muslim. And so his father was one of those uh, for their uh, community where they lived, and he, that was what he aspired to be. But while he was away in his studies, uh, learning more and more about uh, Islam and learning the Quran that he needed to know, he has a dream about Jesus. And he, not only that, he meets a, girl, a young lady there that's uh, engaged to be married to a pastor, and she begins to talk to him about Jesus. And he wants to convert her to Islam and get her away from Christianity. And as it were, he was supposed to go to her church, and he goes to the wrong church. And so he says, well, he's at church. He might, uh, uh, he might as well stay and listen. He stays and listens to the, the preacher preaching. And the preacher talks about how that Jesus can come to you in dreams. And he thought, and the, everything that the, the, the minister was saying, the, he's thinking, how does he know my dream? Because he had already had this dream once. And the imam that he went to for guidance on this told him to keep quiet about the dream. Don't ever talk about it. Well, so he was, he was halfway intrigued, halfway concern, you know, concerned about the minister and uh, speak, uh, speaking this. He, so he, he said, I'm not never going back to a Christian church. But as the week progressed, he, he started having that tug and desire to go. He goes back. He winds up going for a year and gets converted to Christianity leaves the Muslim faith altogether, becomes a Christian. He goes back home after his studies, and then as he's back home, he has a second dream about Jesus. 
He now tells his father, I've had dreams about Jesus Christ and I have converted to Christianity. And so his father tells him that, number one, he should never uh, to mention that dream because remember Joseph and his dream and what happened to him in a Bible. That's what his father tells him. And so, uh, but he says, no, I've converted to Christianity. I'm no longer Muslim. So he had 15 siblings and his father calls them all in and he disowns them right there in front of the whole family disowns them, kicks them out, no longer part of the family because of his conversion to Christianity. But don't think that that had deterred him. Like it says there, he has a burning desire to evangelize to Muslims. Today, he, even though in a dangerous place, he is still speaking the name of Jesus. Why? Because he has that, that love that compels him in Christ Jesus within him that's motivating him to go on. That's what we need today to not be concerned about what happens to us, maybe even in our own family, as sad and as terrible as that may be. We may be shunned. We may be considered outcasts. Maybe our family will not talk to us any longer. But we need to not Give up on Jesus Christ. We need to even still speak Jesus' name every time that we have a chance to to promote His love, to share His love. Hallelujah. And here in this country, maybe you heard about this happen just about a week ago, and I'm fixing to close. I know my time's getting on. But I wanted to mention this. There's two elderly men. One was in his 70s and one is uh, 81 or 82 years old up in Baltimore, Maryland. They were there to Planned Parenthood facility they were on the sidewalk they were sidewalk counselors is what they called them i don't know if y'all have heard about this story yet or not but the aclj is uh doing legal uh work for them trying to get uh the one responsible for what i'm about to tell you about these two elderly gentlemen they were sidewalk counselors at this plant planned parenthood so they had been doing this for two hours a day every day they knew the workers at planned parenthood they would even have, the Planned Parenthood would have what they called escorts come out and be out there. They're just kind of out there watching things because that's their building. They know this uh, that these two men are out there trying to give alternative options for women who uh, do not want to have their baby. So this six-foot-two man comes up, begins to tell them that he doesn't feel like they need to be there, that God is a free will God, and that uh, he gives everybody the choice to choose, and they don't have have the, they don't have a right to be there trying to discourage women uh, to uh, not have an abortion. He, he just doesn't see that. So this conversation goes on, and one of the men, that he sees that. The guy's just trying to antagonize. It's going nowhere. So he's just pretty much done with the conversation. He turns to reach down and get uh, some more pamphlets out of a box, and as he turns, the guy... He, uh, he's holding a, a drink of some sort and he hands to one of the other uh, Planned Parenthood escorts that's out there and says, hold my, hold my drink for a minute and he just lunged at that uh, man and knocked him into a, some kind of planter and did, uh, he was blind, blinded in one eye, he's got fractured bones, he was so uh, bruised and bloodied up. The other, his uh, friend that was with him, when he seen what happened, he tried to jump in and help with the guy. The other man was obviously uh, younger and stronger, and he beat him pretty badly too. And so they had to go to the hospital. But they did this without fail, day in and day out, trying to spread the love of Jesus Christ. This is one area that we cannot be silenced on as Christians. 
God is love and he is for life. All lives matter to Jesus, even the unborn. And we have to speak up for the unborn lives. Hallelujah. It is only going to get worse. It is only going to get more difficult when we speak up for the name of Jesus Christ. Pastor, you can come on back up and begin a song already. It is only going to get worse on us. But when we hear these stories, we, we don't need to let things like this detour us. We still need to be willing to openly speak the name of Jesus. We may be punished for it in some kind of way. But look at what Jesus Christ went through for us. We need to have the boldness. And that boldness comes from that compelling love that's from Jesus Christ. We can't do it in and of ourselves. It only comes from Him. His compelling love. Well, we stand this afternoon and we are here to pray with you. I apologize for going on a little bit longer than I normally do. But I really, I really felt this in my spirit today. The compelling love of Jesus Christ. We need to get a sense of urgency about us in the kingdom of God to help each and every one. Sister Tina helped one. She said that's a perfect testimony to go right along with today's message. She, she's never going to forget that. Hallelujah. That's exactly what she needed. But there's more. There's more out. Think about that today. There's more out there today that needs to have the love of Jesus within our lives. As he plays, if you want prayer for anything, we will pray with you today. Hallelujah.
It always amazes me how the Spirit of God, when the Lord is trying to say a particular thing, that it just kind of flows through the whole service. Ronnie talking about that um, we got got to be willing to speak up, and sometimes it's not easy. Earlier, Brother Kyle brought out in the Bible class as he was teaching uh, what it really means to be a witness. And um, I, I recall that back when I was teaching the book of Revelation um, that it called Jesus Christ uh, the faithful witness. And that word witness in the Greek is where we get our word martyr. He brought that out. Uh, Jesus was the faithful witness because he was a martyr for you. He laid down his life for you. And we are in a very oppressing day and hour. And the Lord needs men, women, and boys and girls that are not ashamed and who will not fear what may happen to speak up. <laughs> and let me, one other thing. I, I told you that today our my newsletter comes out for this quarter. And uh, the name of this newsletter is How Are You Standing? And it talks, um, it's in there I got it written about standing firm. Uh, only by grace can we stand. 
and then standing, being willing to stand in the gap. He listen to this. This uh, this whole thing just flows together. It lets me know that God's trying to get something across to us. Uh, in our nation, we have come to the play a place spiritually where evil prevails. Wickedness and perversion have breached the foundation of this nation that this nation was founded on. This month of June is declared Pride Month. And the government and even corporations, you've heard the controversy with Bud Light, uh, uh, Target, and everyone between are celebrating what God, everybody is celebrating what God calls an abomination. If people of God don't take a stand, see, it's all, this is what moves my heart. This, I mean, God's trying to let us know something. If people of God don't take a stand against the evils of our day, if you don't stand in the gap, judgment will come to this nation like it did of ancient Israel, and America will fall. And it ends up by asking, how are you standing? Lord, give me the grace to stand. Help me to stand, no matter what. Whatever I do, whatever I say, let it be motivated by love. We should never, we should never come, get, come against somebody in anger. Amen. Our hatred, we've got to be motivated by love, but we've got to be willing to take a stand. There was a seed you planted in that lady's heart. That seed will bring healing to her like nothing else, any doctor nobody else can do, and it will grow and sprout. And one day, sis, you may even run into her in, in heaven and she might thank you and say, because of you, I'm here. What a blessing. Wouldn't you want, when you get to heaven, it'd be nice to see Jesus and all that other stuff of him. But think about it. Somebody come up to you in heaven, said, thank you because you motivated me. And because of your motivation, I've seen something in your life. I'm here because of you. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Amen. These are, as I said, they're, they're on, the, uh, on the help uh, desk there. And again, uh, we're going to be having this year, like we did last time, a men's fellowship breakfast. Um, there's a sign-up sheet uh, on the help desk as well. We'd like for you to sign that uh, so we'll know uh, how many are going to come. We'll be back here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for our monthly uh, corporate prayer. Remember that as well. Pray for all those that are out on the road traveling and those that are sick as well. Let's bow our heads and thank God for the service. Father, we come to you today. We thank you and we praise you, God, for what we experienced here today. I'm, I'm, I'm walking away encouraged, Lord, because I have encountered your presence and your spirit today. And I'm asking, God, that you will bless those that, that are sick. We pray for those that are, uh, that are traveling somewhere. Be uh, a blessing to each and every one. And as everybody leaves this place, 
I ask that you keep everybody protected as they drive the roads as well. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. We love you in the Lord.